0: So, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, which is where we are, and um, we're going to uh, begin by looking at um, how Paul opens this chapter. Um, Acts chapter 11 begins a new section in 1 Corinthians that will finish at the end of chapter 14. So, essentially, if that's true, um, uh, Acts chapter uh, 1 Corinthians 11 is about worship. It's about corporate worship and um, the way it's carried out and the way we we actually uh, behave as individuals and relate to one another in this idea of corporately being the body of christ and coming before the lord in worship so could somebody read from verse 2 to verse 16 please first corinthians 11 anybody i
1: praise you for remembering me in evidence and beholding to the traditions, just as I'm passing on you, But I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. It is the same as having her head shaved. For if a woman does not cover her head, She may well have her hair cut off, but if it is a disgrace for a woman to have her hair cut off, or her head shaved, then she should cover her head. A man ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of man. For man did not come from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. It is for this reason that a woman ought to have authority over her own hair, because of the angels. Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. For as woman came from man, so also man is born a woman. But everything comes from God. Judge okay. for yourselves: is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not the very nature of things teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a disgrace to him, but that if a woman has long hair, it is her glory? For long hair is given to her as a covering. If anyone wants to be contentious about this, we have no other practice, nor do the churches of God.
0: (coughs) Thank you, okay. Um, Okay. So, how does Paul begin in, in verse 2? Because verse 1 actually could either be, uh, be, he says, be imitators of me just as I am of Christ. That could either pertain to uh, chapter 10 or into chapter 11. But he, he starts a new subject in verse 2. Um, and so how does he begin?
2: Praising
0: them. Yeah, he's praising them for what? Yeah, and keeping to the traditions that he, they've been, that's been passed on to him. If you read verse 17, what does verse 17 say? <coughs> that wasn't read. But if we read verse 17, no, you weren't supposed to, Catherine. It was yeah. But but in giving this instruction, I do not praise you. So what you, what you know from that is for the first half of this chapter this is not a condemnation, it's not a criticism, this is simply information that they didn't already know. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's... Writing to them about corporate worship, about when they come together, what they do. And it's it, it's because they, they don't know. He uses the same phrase, but I want you to understand or know. He uses the same phrase in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, and in Colossians 2, verse 1. And it's always, I don't want you to be ignorant about this. You don't already know it, so I'm going to tell you it. So... Um, so first of all, you know that he's writing something that they didn't know, uh, they hadn't already known, and he hadn't taught them. So what's the what's that parrot or that section about? What's the whole of those verses about? I would say the position of man and woman. Okay. Uh, on with
3: yeah,
0: okay. Making
2: children Yeah, mm. okay. With God
0: during worship. Okay. Well, actually the whole sub the whole of the section is about head coverings. Mm-hmm. He repeats it and repeats it and repeats it and repeats it. He's talking about women and men and he interchanges almost verse by verse if man does this if, about his head covering, or if woman does this about his head covering, and then uh, by the time you get to verse 4 to, uh, 15, he he defines what head covering is. Mm-hmm. What, what is the head covering that he's talking about in chap- when, when you get to f- chapter fi- uh, verse 15?
4: <laughs> hair.
0: The hair is given to the woman as the covering. So whatever you may think of that he's talking about before that, he makes sure that you understand he's talking about hair as head covering. So mm. all about this, the word veil is never mentioned in this chapter. The the Greek word for veil is never mentioned in this chapter. He is talking about hair as a covering for your head. Um, And he is talking about it in terms of that it has some influence or some impression on how they relate to one another and God. And how that relationship is spoken of in their head covering because that's what he talks about. So I know that we have lots of different interpretations, and I know that we've, we've grown up with different uh, teaching on it. Um, but I do want to say right up front two things. This passage is by far the most difficult passage in the entire Bible to interpret. And every, almost every theologian will write that. Um, N.T. writes. Uh, All of them, all of them, Grudem, who wrote, do you know Grudem, Wayne Grudem, who wrote the systematic theology? All of them will say, this is the most difficult passage in scripture to interpret. That's the first thing I want to say. The second thing is, what I'm going to teach is what I believe. Okay, this is what I think this passage says. Now, I'm sure that there will be questions and uh, maybe you won't quite agree with it, and that's Okay because actually, it's very hard to find agreement on this passage anywhere in the church. So I'm gonna put forward what I think. You can take it or leave it. Hopefully you'll take it, at least think about it, um, because it's important. It's important because on this, cha- on this section, in this chapter is based most of the church's uh, understanding of men and women in the church. And that is a really crucial understanding because over 50% of the church is female. So whatever you understand by this picture, you have to be sure that if you're going to make it an absolute doctrine that you are standing on and not moving from, you have to be absolutely sure that you know what Paul is talking about. Um, So... Uh, That's my point. Uh, And to say right up front, I wouldn't die for 1 Corinthians 11, for my interpretation of it. Okay? This, to me, is not an essential. It's one of those things that's really good to look at, but it's not an essential. Now, Paul writes this section as a chiasm, or chiasm, C-H-I-A-S-M. It's a Greek literary uh, device. And what it does is um, it... The first statements, uh, the statements go towards a climax and then they come down from that climax. And each of the statements that go towards the climb up come down in the same order. I've printed it out. Um, Maybe you could share that, Angela, could you? Um, Sorry, Rosie, I might need some more if you don't mind. Okay, Okay, thank you. Passed one along there. Mm -hmm. Sorry, guys, you'll have. Rosie will bring one down. Um, Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, I haven't made this up, by the way. It's um, it's definitely true. There'll be one coming down, Catherine. Okay, so um, so um. Taking it that this is a a passage about head coverings and the word covering and hair is mentioned so many times and what men and women should do, it's definitely about head coverings. Um, What are the instructions to women and men? So verse 4 is the um, first instruction. What's the instruction in verse 4? Or the statement, sorry, not an instruction. The man should not have his head covered. covered. Verse 6. Yeah, the woman should have her head covered if she's got long hair. hair, Yes, yes. Well, if a woman does not cover her head, let her also have her hair cut off. But if it's disgraceful for a woman to have her hair cut off or her head shaved, let her cover her head. Verse 13. Just at the back, Rosie, if you don't mind, for Catherine. There's a question. Yes is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head covered okay in
1: verse 14 exactly
0: does not nature itself teach that if a man has long hair it is a dishonor to him I'm just pointing out the fact that he's talking about hair he's talking about it as a covering and the fact that there is shame or dishonor in certain types of hair that's what he's talking about
2: can I um, say that mm. When I was in the forces, uh, that uh, <laughs> statement was
4: put up on the notice board. <laughs> <laughs> sure. right. As
0: well. <laughs> right, Um There are um, the in, there are two statements that talk about the morality of long or short hair. Verse seven: um, in, in verse seven, for a man ought not to have his head covered, since he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of man. And verse ten. Um, Therefore, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. So what he does is he takes the covering, the hair, as it is a covering, and he morally relates that to God and to the angels. Do you see what I mean? So he's saying that your hair, be it long or short, covered up or not, has an impact on your relationship with God and on your relationship with the angels, or what you show to the angels. Okay? Um... Now, I think it's really important, like everything in Corinthians, is to understand what the culture was at that time. It was disgraceful and shameful for men to have long hair. It was considered homosexual or <coughs> effeminate. So that was definitely, if you had long hair as a man in that society, you were considered effeminate or homosexual. And in uh, that culture at that time, and for hundreds of years before, it was disgraceful and shameful for a woman's hair to be worn down. It always had to be up. If the more um, high class you were, the more your hair was held up. That's why Paul will write uh, to Timothy, and Peter will write, don't go about with this expensive braids and things and jewelry in your hair. Because he's trying, he, he's he's picturing for us the, the hair that's up in this hairdo, and he's saying that the rich are wearing too many jewels in their head, in their, in their cover, you know, in their hair. Is so that funny?
5: My grandmother always had very long hair, when she really you know, mm. always
0: Yes. On. Yeah. And yes. You know, why? why? Yeah. But apparently, culturally, of course, I didn't live then, so I'm taking this from lots of information that I found that it was culturally shameful for women to have their hair down. Yeah, used to wear yeah,
4: hair. Right. Well, um not us. Yeah. It? Loose it was a yeah. prostitute.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, a loose woman. Yeah. So yes. loose hair loose woman. Mm-hmm. So um, so I think we need to bear that in mind when when this whole passage is about hair and hair covering, we need to bear that in mind that Uh, Paul almost certainly is talking about the the difference between wearing your hair down and wearing your hair up Mm. and covering your head, as it were. Um, Okay, and he goes backwards and forwards through the whole passage. Verse 4, verse 5, verse 6, verse 7. I'll just read them to you. Verse 4, man. Verse 5, woman. (gasps) Verse 6, woman. Verse 7, man. Verse 11, woman, man. Man, woman. Verse 12, woman, man. Man, woman. Verse 13, woman. Verse 14, man. Verse... Uh, 15 woman so it this is not a passage about women this is a passage about both Mm -hmm. about man and woman and the way that they were wearing their hair or not now why do you think that he might have had to write to this church to talk about hair in Corinth why would he have had to write to them well mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah
0: could be all those things but think about it when these people came to christ what is the essential message that paul preaches about you when you're a believer
3: you're free.
0: you are free in christ and throughout this letter, you know, he is writing to a people who understand their freedom, but don't understand their responsibility with it. Mm. So he's writing to them to try to. Talk. I don't think he's, I don't think he's writing and criticizing them necessarily. I think what he's doing is trying to let them know that, like everything else, eating meat bought in the temple, you know, sacrificed to idols, like everything else he's talked about in this letter, what you do with your hair impacts. The picture that you give of christ and the way that you get along together in this the body of christ in the church so um, uh, one of the most difficult things i think to understand in this sec- section is the use of the word head um, he uses it in in verse uh, three but i want you to understand that christ should be the christ that the christ is the head of every man and the man is the head of a woman, and God is the head of Christ. What do you notice about that? Um, the way he writes that, not actually what he says, but the way he puts those three couplets. That's
1: basically
0: saying, whatever happens, God is the head of all. Uh, y- yes, could be, but but ha- is yes, that's definitely true. He, God is the head of, of all, mm-hmm. but the way he writes this. If he were setting up a hierarchical authority structure, how would he have written it? And it would have been very plain to see. God, Christ, man, woman. That's the way we traditionally have been taught. God, Christ, man, woman. But he didn't write it that way. He chose a different way to write it. And I think it's that that we really have to understand, is the key to understanding. What does the word head mean? We take it to mean authority. But at that time, the Greek word that he used for head is kephale, K-E-P-H-A-L-E. And K-E-P-H-A-L-E. And it meant origin or source. And he uses the same word okay. down in, um, Rosie pointed this out to, uh, today, verse 12, for as the woman originates from the man, so also the man has his birth through the woman. So he uses the same word. Okay. So now when you read verse 3, but I want you to understand that the Christ is the source of every man, and the man is the source of or the origin of a woman and god is the source of christ or the origin of christ now how does that work how is christ the source of every man well first of all answer me this is by god. yes, yes by, christ. by christ john chapter one says in the beginning was the word and the word was with, with god and the word was god all things came into being through him, and without him nothing that came into being has come into being. So that's one cha- uh, verse. In Colossians chapter two chapter one, um, all things were created for him and through him.
4: And so it says in Genesis chapter five verse two female
0: Yes. <coughs> yes.
1: And called them in in other verses, call them. Knowing. Yes. Yeah, Adam. Yes.
0: Yeah, Adam means human. It doesn't mean male, it means human.
2: Yes. Of
0: course. God is the source of Christ. How is God the source of Christ? Or the origin of Christ or the yeah, the source. How how is he? Because the word for God is theos, or theos, T-H-E-O-S. The word for God used here is not Father. So now, the, the theos, or the theos, is the Trinity. How is the Trinity the source of Christ? Because the Son came forth from God, and is the manifestation, the visible manifestation of the unseen God. So it makes perfect sense to say that Christ, Christ's origin was God and that man's origin, source, was Christ. Now come to the man and the woman. How does it make sense that the man is the head or the source or the origin of the woman? Because Eve came from the side of Adam. So um, if you have the word authority as head, Is Christ the authority of every man? Because he's not talking husband and wife here. He's talking man and woman. Is Christ currently the authority and the head over every man? Every man, not just believers. No, he isn't. He's not exercising authority over every man. He's not. Huh? Yeah, because of free will. Exactly. But if you say that he is the source of every man undoubtedly that is true so now take that we're not trying to make anything from it by the way i'm not talking about roles in the church or roles in marriage we're just looking at what paul wrote and what he writes is the christ is the head the source of every man and the man is the source or origin of every woman and that makes perfect sense you can back that up all over the old testament and the new testament so um Uh, when Paul wanted to make a hierarchical sequence so here he could have done the God Christ man woman if he'd wanted to say that he does make hierarchical sequences 1st Corinthians chapter 12 verse 28 he's going to have a hierarchical sequence and God has appointed in the church first apostles second prophets third teachers um, then miracles then gifts of healing so he makes that sequence he knows how to do it so if he doesn't do it here he doesn't mean it see what i mean mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. why is this important they want to treat women
3: it, now?
0: yes it's, it's really important but not so much for how men want to treat women because we're all the men in this room, is right. room are so spiritual and so good <laughs> so we'll say that but if we are going to understand that every man is the head of every woman, because that's what it's saying, it means the men in this room can tell me what to do. Yeah. Okay. You are my authority. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's correct? We are yeah.
2: responsible though, aren't we? For what? Um As the head, we are
0: responsible for our family. Well, now you're talking about something different. You're talking about husband-wife. He's not talking about that relationship here. He talks about that in Ephesians and in Colossians, but he doesn't talk about it here. And he could use husband-wife, and he doesn't. So, again, he's talking now about something different. And what he wants to show them is our origins are, are the one we represent. So he said, what does he say? Women is, uh, God, uh, man is the glory of God, the image and the glory of God, and woman is glory the glory of man. Of man. So uh, the, the person that is glorified, shown to be who he is, the way God does that is by creating the woman. You see what I mean? No. Okay. If you said Christ, well, what is Christ? Or who is Christ? in terms of glory who is he? he is the visible manifestation of the glory of God who's a woman in terms of glory the visible manifestation of human or of man of, of mankind of the glory of mankind that's what he's saying that there's a glory attached to the the thing that comes from the source so Christ is the glory of of God, man is the glory of Christ, human, and female, women woman is the glory of man. Do you see what I mean? Awesome. Yeah. Yes. It's the visible manifestation. The glory is the visible manis- manifestation of the thing or of God. So okay. Um okay. I
6: mean culture. Separating themselves from the, uh, that culture did
0: have a hierarchy. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Way, definitely.
6: Yeah. Um, as, uh, Judaism.
0: Yes, yeah. definitely. All of creation has a hierarchical structure. Creation without Christ, without any reference to Christ, is patriarchal. It has become that way since the Garden of Eden. Right? No.
1: What do you mean? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so,
0: mankind. <coughs> yeah. Um, because uh, in the Garden of Eden, when uh, when Adam and Eve took from the fruit, uh, God comes to find them, and He says. Uh, he lays out the consequences. He doesn't curse the woman or the man. He curses the ground and he curses Satan. It's important. Mm-hmm. And then he comes and he says to uh, the man, you're going to toil for your, uh, uh, yeah, the sweat of your brow. And then women are going to, they're going to have extra pain in childbirth. I'm going to greatly increase your pain in childbirth. And your desire, and. Your desi- yet your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you that is a pronouncement of what will happen mm. it's not that's what I'm doing mm. it's that this is what's going to happen as a consequence of your disobedience but
2: the desire actually, for the woman is not for the man because of the
0: sin no, actually that's something you're putting into it you're taking that from uh, uh, Cain when God says, sin is crouching at your door, and its desire is for you, but you must master it. So it's the same word, but has various meanings. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that isn't partly true in there, Mike, it, it probably is. But I am also saying, he, he says that statement, your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you, In c- com- next to the sentence, I'm going to greatly increase your pain in childbirth. So the desire for the For the husband from the woman knowing that the pain in childbirth is increasing Must have something to do with the relationship. He's describing not all of it definitely but something so I think uh, What we understand about Genesis what we understand about this what we understand about men and women is predominantly given to us by people we've listened to and been taught by rather than what the actual scripture says and that's the problem. That's the, the problem. The problem
4: is the translation. If you don't look at the origin of the word mm. and see mm. the exact origin, it's the <coughs> translation, that yeah. gets it really badly wrong and lead to a lot of things that cause yeah. a lot of problems.
0: Of course. Mm. But you see, if you're a translator of Scripture, and, I mean, I believe that the Bible is handed down to us by God and been preserved by God. And every word in it is what God wants us to know. So, I, you know, so I... But, but what I'm saying is, supposing you're a translator of the Scripture, and you reach the word kefali for head, and you can, you can translate it in any way you want. If they translate kefali as head, thinking that at the time they're writing it, everybody will know its origin and source won't have any clue of the understanding that we'll have later no, on no, no. and it so it so they're not deliberately misleading no, they're just that, no but that's but that's it could be said true. so I, I you know i'm
4: just saying how important it oh, is definitely. when we're actually studying mm. and, and doing bible study and how important it is to do it is to one use the best translation yeah fine and to go back to the original, language. To yeah. To the original mm-hmm. language. Yeah, it's really important yeah. if you can we do that. And yeah. someone who actually does that. Well, if you
0: can do it, it's re, it's really good because yeah. it opens up doors that you wouldn't otherwise and, and it open. Mm. When it, it says
2: that holy men are God, who is inclined to have a spirit to write the word, mm. 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 but you cannot say that about uh, some of the modern translations. Oh, definitely not. No, the the no,
0: definitely not. The modern translations. Yes. Yes. No, that's the problem. the The language is changing all the time, and so what we're looking at, as in our understanding for various words, it didn't mean that then. So it's really important. So I I think it's really important to take to understand. Okay, what is he talking about in this this chat chat? What's he talking about? He's talking about hair, hair, and head coverings. Okay, so I need to understand this, and it's difficult to understand, but one thing I'm going to say, I'm not making any hard and fast doctrine from a very difficult passage to understand. And and I'm going to look at it and try to forget all the other stuff that I've heard, and look at it as it is, you know. And I think if we did that about Genesis, Genesis 1, Genesis 2, Genesis 5, if we did that about this, (coughs) it would clear up a lot of problems. Really, I do. So.
5: Don't you think
6: it's dangerous to to <coughs> in terms of the glory of man. Yeah. Okay, I'm comfortable mm. that. Mm. Um. Yeah, I mean, glory is God's glory. Yeah. And, and if we talk about glory of mankind. Yeah. Time, but,
1: um, I know. He was referring to the bit that says um, yeah. that woman is the glory of man.
0: No, he's, no. he he uh, means yeah. about man having glory of his own. And he has the glory
1: of his own. Uh, mm. right. But if mm. we understand that the glory comes <coughs> from God. Yeah. So Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was,
6: it, you know, it was passed on it was but you thought it equally passed on you? Uh, you say you saying it.
0: no I'm saying it is equally passed on but I'm saying our the understanding of the of this verse is that if if man human is the glory of man and that's true we ma- uh, of God we're made in the image of God <laughs> yeah. and so he's taking that and saying knowing that Jesus became man, and manifested the glory of God. I think that's all in there, Simon. I agree with you 100%. It's very difficult and tricky yeah. to talk about the glory of man, yeah. but he talks about yeah. it, and I think he must mean that that uh, man is mankind is made in the image of God, and and therefore bears God's glory. Reflects, yeah. reflects God's glory. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Reflex, yeah. yeah. When,
2: but Jesus emptied himself mm-hmm. and, and said that something like that
0: that he would not take parity with God. Well
2: uh, um, man uh, mm-hmm. through sin will not have this man to rule over mm-hmm. God will be through Oh all I see what you're saying. Right, yeah. right right yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I see That's what you're saying, meaning, Mike. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Christ didn't empty himself of his divinity. Mm-hmm. That's heresy. Yes. He emptied himself or he, he laid aside his privileges yes. as God. Yes.
3: Exactly.
0: That's the thing. Because yes. exactly. if he didn't die as God, no. No. he couldn't die for me. Yeah. Yeah. He had to be God and man. Yes. And so... Well,
2: God is in man.
0: Sorry. <laughs> yeah, God is in Christ. God is in Christ,
2: reconciling the world. To exactly. Character.
0: So that's why it's heresy. And that's what a lot of these false teachers mm-hmm. are teaching now, that Christ was just a man. Yeah. Yeah he was yeah. baptized by the holy spirit yeah. and mm-hmm. then he became this wonder man who could do yeah. all these things yeah. Yeah. but because yeah. he was uh, he wasn't god the holy spirit enabled him to do these miracles oh. so therefore yeah. you exactly. can do exactly yeah. 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 what christ did yeah. that's the heresy yeah. that's where it goes yeah. with yeah. it you see so um, that's why it's really important isn't it it's to subtle. understand yeah. exactly it's so subtle mm-hmm. and how easily we're deceived yeah. you know because we want to be Well, but also we can be deceived maria or even with oh yeah of course christ didn't didn't consider equality with god a thing to be grasped Mm -hmm. but humbled himself taking the form of a bond servant but that doesn't mean he wasn't god it's just i he he didn't grasp that that thing yeah yeah yeah
4: yeah Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: okay so um Christ's Mm -hmm. submission, actually, thank you, because you've led me on to the next page in my notes. Christ's submission to God was an act of voluntary submission. You know, voluntary submission. And that's really important because we are called to voluntarily submit to one another and wives are called to voluntarily submit to their husbands. So you can't have a situation where this is mandatory. You have to do it. So therefore it's my instruction So if you don't um, uh, subject yourself or or, uh, go in submission to your husband then you are sinful because that in itself is sinful the whole point is that you voluntarily do as christ did lay aside your privileges which are exactly the same as your husband's but voluntarily do that for the sake of your marriage because you believe that your marriage is a picture of christ and the church so it's all of that in there you know, it's, so we can't say wives have to submit to their husbands because they, as soon as you put have to in mm. well,
3: that's what it it's wrong oh. yes, yes, but they
0: don't have to and the verse before it is um, everybody submit to one another mm. submit yourselves to one another and then he'll give you an example of it wives to your husbands why? because that's what Christ did so, anyway, it's it's we're not in Ephesians, we're in um, in First Corinthians. So, um, uh, most people who interpret this as authority for the head don't understand that two things: that kephali means primarily means source or origin, and secondly, that it's the Godhead that Christ, the source of Christ, is the Godhead, the Trinity, rather than Father. So it's mostly they they don't know that, or they don't talk about that. So uh, it becomes complicated. Um, um,
2: yeah.
0: Um, Yeah. It's the source of Christ, yeah. Christ came from the Godhead, from the Trinity. And and Colossians 2 verse 9 says in him all the fullness of deity dwell in bodily form but Christ is came from the, the fullness of deity. You see what I mean? So and he yeah originated from it also okay. says that he
2: would not share his glory. Yeah, exactly. Anyone with else. anyone else. So yeah. When people are saying I can do what?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <coughs> exactly. And Jesus says in John 17 I have glorified you on earth just as you glorified me, now glorify me again. Mm-hmm. And so he won't share his glory with anyone. So wh- what's that all about when Christ is saying, now glorify me? Um, they must be equal. They are equal. And um, anyway, mm-hmm. so um, <coughs> Christ, the Christ is the source of the man, every man in creation. <coughs> Excuse me. The man is the head or the source of every woman from creation, mm-hmm. i.e. from uh, the man's, came the woman and god is the source of christ in the incarnation so it makes perfect sense if you understand it in that way um, also if you understand it that this is a discussion about head coverings and not about authority if you take the authority out of it well there's no authority in there except for the climax of the chiasm is that how you say or chiasm or is it c-h-i-a-s-m i don't know how you say it. Is it chasm chiasm anyway whatever it is there you've got it in front of you <coughs> if you take that and go through it you can see what i mean so um uh let's go for the first what's the first verse in that uh in that thing the first verse so starting from verse two The chiastic structure, what is it? I praise you for remembering me and everything and for holding to the traditions just as I pass them on to you. Now I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is man and the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies um, uh, with his head uh, covered dishonours his head. But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head and then on through down a man ought not to cover his head since he is the image and glory of god Uh, see for man did not come from woman but woman from man neither was man created for woman but woman for man so these points it's possible that they you know this is something that they're thinking or that the culture is thinking and now he's going to say it is for this reason that a woman ought to have authority upon her head because of the angels and here is the only use of the word authority what do you understand by this verse? Well, actually, don't tell me what you understand about it yet. Just read the next verse. Nevertheless, in the, woman, in the Lord, sorry, woman is not independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. For as woman came from man, so also man is born of woman. But everything comes from God. So what do you think about the authority verse? it's for this reason that a woman ought to have authority upon her own head because of the angels Mm. a symbol the the a symbol of is inserted into the text to make it easy for us to understand so the text actually says it is for this reason that a woman ought to have authority upon her own head because of the angels Uh, what do you mean as in man
3: Yeah.
0: yeah no it, you could take yeah I see where you're coming from but no 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 yeah it would be <laughs> exactly okay who has the Is Paul saying that a woman needs to have someone over her in authority over her or is he saying she should have her own authority mm,
2: her she, have her own her. she should in worship.
0: exactly she should have her own authority why a symbol of authority on her head why yeah. what does he say yeah. because yeah. of the angels So, what does he mean because of the angels? Why is he suddenly introducing angels? I don't
3: know.
2: Uh,
3: (laughs) Yeah, Ephesians
0: chapter 3 verse 10 will say, For the manifold wisdom of God is made evident in the heavenly places through the church. So what you know is that God's wisdom, his power, his working, is made known in spiritual realms through you and I. Angels are watching. Angels are watching. They're watching the church and demons are watching the church. What do you think they're saying when they see us? <laughs> uh, oh, <clears throat> I think what they're saying is, really, that lot? Mm-hmm. And you're going to transform their, those people, and they are going to manifest your glory, and they are going to go along with that transformation. Can you really take this motley crew and make them into the image of Christ? Do you see what I mean? Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's it. That
0: exactly. So exactly exactly they didn't want to exactly so um, i i think because of the way he set this up and the way he goes exactly. back with it nevertheless woman is not in independent of man nor man independent of woman so he's, there's joint relationship in there just as he did in first corinthians chapter 7 and then he goes on about a woman praying on um, uh, prophesying And so uh, what I think he is saying is that the woman needs to have her head covered with her own hair up Mm -hmm. to show the angels something, to show that she has authority over her own body and her own self. Now, the reason I take that and where I get it from is, again, from Ephesians. Ephesians chapter um, 1, Ephesians chapter 1, verse... um, (laughs) Uh, 20, which he brought about, which God brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And then go to chapter 2 and verse um, 4. We are far above all rule and authority, and every name that is named. That means we are far above all angels and all demons and Satan. We are in Christ Jesus, and we are seated in heavenly places. So when the when Paul talks about a sign of authority on the woman's head, for the sake of the angels, Mm. what do you think he wants them to understand? That we have authority. So it's the sign that women have authority, not that they lack it, but that they have it because of the angels. Who are the angels? What 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 relationship do we have with angels?
5: Does it,
0: say in it does. Yeah. Hebrews chapter one, yeah. verse fourteen. Yeah. They're sent out as ministering servants yeah. to help those who will inherit salvation. That's us, oh,
2: in and serve them. Um, John was there. He went to worship the angel, and the
0: angel said, "No." I'm, 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 was it a man? Oh yeah, I'm. I'm. Well, I've just been sent sent to you. Yeah, don't. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, don't, uh, worship. don't worship me. Yeah, no. mm, mm. Uh, Hebrews chapter one verse fourteen. Uh, this is angels. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit mm-hmm. salvation? Mm-hmm. So what the. Uh, I, what I think that Paul is saying, and I can't, I'm can i not going to say I know that he's saying this, I believe it, but um, I think that he is saying, because we are watched as a body, we are watched by angels and demons and all spiritual forces, God has given us authority, put a symbol of authority, and that is shown by the hair, by you pulling your hair up, because that was the most noble form of hairstyle see what I mean? So in their culture at that time, if you had your hair up, it meant you were respectable and maybe a a member of the nobility or the the wealthy classes, you were definitely uh, in the better group of people, shall we say, in, in the culture's eyes than the worst. Now, why would he have to tell them this? We've already said it. He's got to tell them this because they're free in Christ. They can do what they want. So what's he trying to tell them? What's he trying to tell the women and the men? Because he's talking equally to men, you can't have long hair. Mm. So what's he trying to tell them? <coughs> <coughs> so
3: can demonstrate
5: principalities and thousand angels that
0: they are. Yes yes they are voluntarily doing something they don't have to do because they are totally free in Christ for the sake of the reputation of Jesus and for the sake of your conscience remember all the people who are coming into the church some are slaves some are nobility they all come from different backgrounds they're all trying to get on remember we talked about the food they were eating that had been sacrificed to idols and he's telling them everything's okay for you you can do everything and anything but not all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. So he's, he's told them, don't eat me. If someone says to you that meat sacrificed to an idol, don't eat it in, for their sake. And now he's saying, if you live in a culture where long hair denotes loose women, don't have long hair. Put your hair up. Yeah. See what I mean? And if you live in a culture where, where long hair on men means homosexual or effeminate, for goodness sake, cut your hair you see? So now take the truth of that and move it into 2018. Is it shameful for women to have their hair down? <laughs> mm. No, <laughs> not. It's not shameful. He's at my yeah, no, but even then it's not shameful. Nobody looks at you and thinks, Why well, she got her hair down. That's yeah. really shameful. She must be a loose woman. Yeah. Nobody thinks that in our society. So therefore, the need to put your hair up in braids is gone because you're representing Christ in your society, yeah. in your culture, and you're doing it in a way to uphold his reputation.
1: But we'll have to start changing Christ's
0: hairstyle. I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> Every
1: picture is usually yeah. with him his so long, 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 long
3: hair. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I know. know. But just to mm-hmm. say, that the <laughs> Nazareth, n- don't cut their hair
0: it may be yeah i think and remember he was hebrew and not greek this is yeah, the greek and roman well, culture yeah. we're writing into so mostly these are greeks and romans and lo- lots of them are slaves anyway so they didn't have much uh, say in how their hair was so mm-hmm. so you know overall think about where we've come through first corinthians all those 10 chapters that we've we've read they were disputing and fighting and following this teacher and following that teacher and all the way through he's been saying to them your life is not your own your body is not your own your hair is not your own because you represent Christ in this culture therefore you must do what is right and not just for the mm. reputation of Christ but for other people okay. yeah go ahead Catherine so if we were to go to a
1: Muslim country mm. we should cover up our hair is, uh, that, is that right? well that actually it's, it's big, because otherwise we'd be being disrespectful yeah
0: I think you know why not yeah. why not You're, you want to represent christ in that culture if you walk through the souk, i lived in the middle east for six years so if you walk through the souk, the marketplace and you've got your arms uncovered and thin strappy tops everybody looks at you and you know and when i lived there when girls did that and yeah. they wondered why the arab men followed them and looked at them but i mean it was just a no-brainer you just didn't do it if you went out in public you covered up for your own reputation And for to stop any hassle, so why why would you do less than that, if you want to represent Christ? You know, um, that's all. So of course you'd have to tailor it. Would you put on the whole black garb and nothing? No, the yashmak? No, um, because that's a totally different thing. But to cover your hair, what's wrong with that? exactly it's respect and being, good witnesses, and being good witnesses you want to be able to get close enough to that person to be able to tell them about jesus it's for sure you won't get close enough if you go in wearing a low necked uh thing and high-heeled shoes and loads of makeup you just won't get close enough to them. so it's 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 about seeing my life is more than just me it's, it's everything to do with Christ, and everything to do with how I represent Him, and actually even in the body of believers, my life is more than just me. If you tell me, you know, I'm really struggling with people doing this, you know, then I'm going to do everything I can to help you, either to understand that the thing they're doing is okay, or to say, actually you're right, and maybe we need to be changing the way they're doing that. because it's more important to love one another and build each other up than it is to hang on yeah. to our bits and pieces of rights we saw that all the way through and that's the thing so this this chapter this section of this chapter that talks about head coverings has been used to to keep women in a subservient place you cannot find that instruction anywhere in scripture and and there is it's a, a chapter about head covering, hair, has been used to say women can't do certain things and they're all under the authority of men. Mm.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: As a misogynist, yeah go figure mm. um, but you know what you what I think we have to understand is that the misunderstanding on these chapters on these things that um, we get is basically the work of the enemy and he feeds into the patriarchal mindset that has come through from the Garden of Eden caused by man and woman you know they they are the cause we are the cause of the situation we have so what we are now in Christ to do is to say yes that's what we brought on ourselves because of our sin now we are free and we will be anything we'll be all things to all people in the hope that we might win some you know that's that's what we do um yeah so that's what i think about this um it doesn't matter if you agree or not but that's what i think definitely willingly definitely um one thing to notice in here, um, verse four, which we will be important when we go on. Um, verse four: Every man who has some, uh, sorry verse five: Every woman who has her head uncovered while praying or prophesying disgraces her head. Whatever you decide to think about head coverings, whatever you may think about the authority structure or not, women were praying and prophesying in the church, mm-hmm. in corporate gatherings. Mm-hmm. They were doing it. So when you come to one Corinthians fourteen and you read the verse, women should be silent in the churches. You know, oh my goodness, I need to look at that carefully because that I can't take that literally, across the board. Mm-hmm. See what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it sets up all sorts of things, and it has impact on all sorts of things that we really understand this uh, this chapter as best we can, yeah. as best we can. Okay, what is the other? Um, uh, tradition that Paul is going to say he doesn't praise them about or he teaching that he doesn't praise them about but in giving this instruction I do not praise you because you come together not for the better but for the worse the Lord's Supper yeah. uh, verse 17 of 1 Corinthians 11 yeah so can we read, let's read the verses so maybe two people share the verses and read all the way to the end of the chapter please
6: In the following directives, I have no praise for you. Your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and to some extent, I believe it. No doubt there have to be differences among you to show which of you has God's approval. When you come together, it is not the Lord's side. For as you, each of you goes ahead without waiting for anybody else. One remains hungry, another gets drunk. Don't you have hope to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you for this? Certainly not.
5: For I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep. But if we judge ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord, so that we will not be condemned along with the world. So then, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, so that you will not come together for judgment. The remaining matters I will arrange when I come.
0: Thank you. Okay. So, um, who delivered the tradition of, um, of the, the Lord's Supper? Who was the one who inaugurated that? Jesus. Yes. Jesus inaugurated it. And uh, Paul delivered it here to the Corinthians. Um, what does he make clear is happening because of the way they're taking the Lord's Supper? What's the first thing he says? Yeah, no, what does he actually say in the text, Dan? He says, there are divisions among you. And actually, he says sort of, actually, there should be divisions among you because, in part, I I think it's all, you know, but God uses that to show who's right and who's wrong because the Lord's Supper has to be acknowledged in the way it has to be acknowledged. This is not an area where you can have kind of your opinion and my opinion. This is an area that is absolutely fundamental to the christian faith why is it fundamental why is it an absolute um commandment
3: sacrament.
0: it's a sacrament because jesus instigated it he said do this in remembrance of me it was an instruction do this in remembrance of me and when you read Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit is first poured out on the church, you see them doing it almost every time they come together mm-hmm. Acts chapter 2 um, it says, as, often as, you drink it. as often as you drink it yes, yeah. so Acts chapter 2 just let's just go there quickly, Acts 2 verse um, um, 41 so then those who had received his word were baptized and that day there were added about 3,000 souls this is Peter who had mm. Um, just preached this wonderful message. They were continually devoting themselves to the Apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And almost everybody universally understands that breaking of bread to be the Lord's Supper. So they were continually doing that. They were continually devoting themselves to it. Why would they be continually devoting themselves to the Lord's Supper? A a remembrance of Jesus and according to what he says here in 1st Corinthians 11, when you take this bread and drink this wine, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So this is a joyful thing. It's not a sad thing. You know, when we take communion, most of the time everybody's in tears and they're really, you know, kind of uh, sorrowful and sad and somber at least. But this is a joyful thing. Because what we're doing is proclaiming Christ's death, which set us free, until he comes again. So we're proclaiming the fact that he died, and in that way I'm saved, and he's coming again. And so, but what he wants to make sure is that when they get to that celebration, which is what it is, it's a remembrance of the the wonder of salvation, and the fact that there is a second coming, he wants them to make sure they judge themselves correctly, because there are consequences for trampling the name and the death and resurrection of Jesus which is really what he's saying they're doing mm. um, when they're coming together he says some of them are already drunk by the time the other people get in how could that be
2: well if they were taking the what we would call today the elements from the apostle the priest or the leader then they would that is all that they would have right. They would, they would not be drunk. They would not be glad No, no, but
0: I think what they're doing is, Mike, they're doing it in the way that they did it in Acts. They're actually coming together in each other's homes and they're celebrating their faith and their salvation and they're celebrating Jesus. But the problem is these Corinthians are pretty... Um, young in the in their faith, they're pretty babies, aren't they? And they're carnal. He calls them carnal because they're so intent on themselves. And really, think about what what made up what type of people made up the church in Corinth. All sorts. You had people with lots of money, and people with none. You had slaves, and you had you know uh, nobility you had all sorts of people in the church now if you're a slave what time do you think you're going to get to the house group if you get to it at all you're going to get there late because you're going to have to work and work and work until your master says you can go if you've got your own business and you run your own or you run your own bakery or whatever it is what time do you think you'll be there early So that's what's happening. There's people coming late because they're working late and those people are generally poor. That's what he says here. He says, you know, talking about... um, uh, Where are we? Um, uh, Yeah, verse 22. What, do you not have houses in which to eat and drink or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? So there are people who have nothing and they're coming with nothing to these what they call agape feasts, love feasts, that that had been instituted by Jesus. And what he's saying is, the whole purpose of this is your um, equality in Christ. The fact that you are now a new creation, that we don't recognize anyone according to the flesh anymore. That's what he'll write in his second letter to them. So he's trying to set up, what are you doing? You know, when you're coming together as an act of worship and an act of proclaiming Christ, it's all about you. You're getting drunk, you're eating, everything's going on before the last people come in. They haven't got anything to bring to the feast, so therefore they don't have anything to eat. So it's just this whole, yes, it's this whole, and again, I think you can see it all the way through Corinthians. It's all about me. (laughs) It's all about me. That was their culture. Yeah, it was their culture. That was their culture. And the rich
4: people used to, I mean, when you went to a feast, you used to eat and
0: eat and eat and eat and eat and, eat and, eat and then go to the vomitorium. And then vomit, yeah. vomit, yeah. and
4: then start all over again. Yeah. Yeah. That's, how they, that's yeah. how they thought it was a good time. Yeah, That was the way they behaved. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like today. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, just yeah, like today. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, think about it. It might well be that the weekly meal that they got, when they got together... Um, is. You, 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 There is a uh, historical record that they used to get together once a week on the Lord's Day, often. And so if they got together, that might be the only decent meal that one of these people had all week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so they're arriving and finding people are drunk who've got there before them. Mm-hmm. And so it's not exactly setting up a family relationship, a new humanity a new way of living, and it certainly doesn't fulfill Jesus' new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Mm. All men will know you're my disciples. If you love one another, this is not an act of love. This is an act of self, Mm. selfishness. So he's saying to them, don't do this, because as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, if you're taking this wine and you're already drunk, if you're eating this bread and you've already had a feast and not worried about anybody else then what's going to happen to you? What does he say? You're yeah. going to come under judgment. Mm-hmm. Not judgment in terms of heaven or hell but judgment that will bring about the discipline of God. Mm-hmm. Why will God discipline you?
3: Because
0: it's good for you. Because a good father always disciplines his children. So there's nothing new in this. It's just the same as we find all the way through the, the New Testament. God will discipline his children, and we want him to, because yeah. if he doesn't, we know what the end result will be.
2: Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah. So a man must examine himself, and in so doing is to eat the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick and a number, sleep, die. But if we judged ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we will not be condemned along with the world. So this is not a judgment that will send you to the wrath of God or that you'll receive the wrath of God. This is a a loving judgment that will bring to you the discipline of God. And it may even mean that you die. Mm. Now that's a pretty strong statement.
2: It says that the person is judging themselves. Yeah, if they're continuing, yeah. Because the truth is set free, mm. and the truth always comes to uh, admonish us, doesn't it? If, yes, if we're yes, out yes, behind. yeah. Yes. I yeah. think that the hair covering as well is a, uh, is almost is a picture of the... Um, Modesty of the woman in worship, mm. and the understanding of the uh, of the position of the man. No, so you
0: know, I totally and utterly disagree. No, My,
2: dominant, but not mm. in the position of the man in his reverence in worship to God. Oh,
0: okay, then that's, that's different. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what Paul is saying is everything matters everything matters mm. and when you come before god you are in the presence not only of god you are in the presence of other people in corporate worship and you are being watched by the spiritual mm. realm and therefore it matters it matters what's in your heart it matters what you say it matters what you wear it matters what you look like it matters but this is culturally relevant mm. so this hair up is not relevant for us it, it's not relevant so even to talk about coverings of your head is just not relevant.
3: Yeah.
0: Because all he's interested in is how do you portray Christ? How do you uphold Christ's reputation? And and what when you come before God, in whatever way you come, does God know you're coming in a way to honour him? You know... Um, so, the, uh, the, the, for this reason, many of you are weak and sick and a number asleep or have died. That's, uh, you can cross-reference that with James. Uh, James will write his letter, his little letter, at the back of the Bible, and, and he'll say the same thing. That, mm. um, you know, that people will, that the discipline of God will sometimes bring about sickness and death. Mm. Um, mm. You know, again, I'm not saying that every sickness is brought about because of disobedience. Um Jesus himself when he was asked why this man was born blind, was it his sin or his parents' sin? He says neither. So but so the glory of God might be revealed. So he sets up the fact that not all sickness is caused by sin. So again, you know, any doctrine that talks about that, you know, you just have to throw that out with the not even in the recycling, that has to go out in the in the, um, when
2: we come together, we come in reverence for each other, yeah. And yeah. for each other's faith. Mm. 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 Uh, when it, when these words.
0: No, they weren't. They were thinking about themselves. Yeah. They were baby Christians, and that's what babies do. Yeah, yeah. And and he's calling them carnal Christians. Mm. He told me, "I should have been able. You should be much further on than you are now. But yeah. you're still bickering about this baby stuff. Yeah. And and really." A lot of the church here, not here, but in the, in the West, bickers about the baby stuff. Oh, yeah. And you can sense, if Paul were to walk in, he say, for goodness <laughs> sake, get over yourselves yeah. and start understanding what you're here for. Yeah. You're here to tell people in word, in deed, in, in how whatever. You are here to, to preach the gospel. Yeah. That's what yeah. you're here for.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But we're left here to be witnesses to Christ and to the gospel of the grace of God. And everything we do is supposed to be um, uh, an outworking of that, of our mission and our ministry. Um, Unworthy, you know, don't partake of the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. There are serious consequences for it, just as there are serious consequences for a believer in uh, any way, shape or form, dishonoring the name of Christ. Mm -hmm. So, you know... it's a strong admonition, isn't it? It's a strong thing that he's saying. But actually, I mean, I don't know about you, maybe you haven't done this, but because I stand and speak, I have said to God, if I'm going to say something wrong repeatedly, if I'm going to be deceived and go the wrong way, I want you to finish me off. I mean that seriously. I don't want to continue and continue and continue and and dis well what's the word trample, trample the name yeah, of Christ yeah. I don't want to do that yeah. I want to uphold the truth and if I no longer am able to because I've been so deceived I want God to take me mm. I don't want to stay here and
2: none of this can be done in no it's yeah. all the
0: Lord yeah. but you have to have a teachable heart yeah. Mike he you always. have to be willing to say do you know what mm. this is what I understand but I might be wrong mm. Yeah. Mm. so please show me the truth and and
6: also y- the, the attitude's got to be like yeah yes. I think it reminds yes. me of uh, once um, in the I went to an alpha group which encouraged somebody to, to have in the Beaufort Hunt. Mm. And we arrived there, and there was they were quaffing champagne, oh, right. and, you know, and there was you no know, proper dinner and all that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, completely got the wrong, message yes, about mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. ambience and uh, yes, you know, it, yeah. it just didn't work. No, yeah, but yeah, exactly rather world pleasant world example. Yeah, yeah
3: but no, a, but, you're right. world, yeah. but you're right. But
0: you're right. That's exactly yeah. it. You know, we have, in an effort to be relevant yes. and to meet, you know, and to not make people feel uncomfortable, so what happens right. is we exactly. go the other way. Yeah, you're right, yeah. You know, and, and it's a good, it's yeah. a good motive, yes. but it ends yes. up going it wrong. It ends up going okay, wrong. Well. Yeah. So, um, but also I have to say, you know, when, when churches first started having coffee and croissants at the entrance, I used to think, oh my goodness, that's not the church, you can't do that, you can't do that. But I have changed my opinion about that, really, because I can totally get why churches do that. And as long as the message that is preached is truth from the word, and as long as the people who are that church, I'm not talking about the people who come, I'm talking about the people who make up the body of Christ in that place, as long as they are all about worshiping God, proclaiming Christ, I don't think it matters that they offer coffee and a croissant when you get in the door. Where is
2: this church?
0: It's in London. (laughs) (laughs) It's in London, and actually, yeah, it's in, it's actually a plant of HTB, which my son and daughter, my son-in-law and daughter have just joined, well not joined, but they go, they like going because they can be anonymous there for a while, they've just had a difficult time in their church, that they, yeah, so, but anyway, I'm only saying that to say, You know, there are some things we don't want to fight over or disagree over. Because who knows, in two years' time you might completely change your mind. Mm. And then you look a bit of a fool, don't you, that you've fallen out with someone over it. There are some essentials, or there are several essentials, but the rest of it is let's just love each other and build each other up Mm. and encourage one another to dig into the scripture and say, Lord, I don't quite get this, but I know you'll show me if I keep, keep reading, keep studying, keep... You know. so any questions about um, either thing how would you say
2: that this man and this woman who are behaving now in this correct way are a witness in themselves aren't they to, the, to a right relationship with God even though they're not saying anything they're actually doing the right you
0: mean thing. If, they're, if the yes. woman's got her hair up because this is not man and wife Mike this no, is just any man and any woman yeah. And yeah 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 yes. definitely definitely yeah. And also you know the thing is angels and and demons the spiritual forces they know that you are deciding to put your hair up or not in a culture where it means something they know that they know that it's your decision they know you have freedom and so they're looking on and saying this woman who has the freedom to do whatever she wants to do is choosing to do what is culturally acceptable for the sake of of a the body of Christ and b the reputation of Christ outside of the church and she is voluntarily choosing that the man who chooses to cut his hair even though he likes long hair is choosing (laughs) to uphold the reputation of Christ in this place you know it's it's a massive thing
1: yes it is Is it is Mm -hmm. yes yeah. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Out of love for God, exactly. Yes. Exactly. Love for God yeah. you read that and you understand. Okay, in that culture at that time, that was that was the way you loved God. You yeah. you did that. But in our culture at our time, to tell no. women that they have to put their hair up or they have to put a hat a bit, on or they have to have a warm, veil, where is that from? If you want to wear a hat, wear a hat. If you want long hair like Maureen, if I could grow my hair long, I would. But it looks shocking, so. You're like, are Am I? <laughs> oh you no, know. no, no! I'm one of the Sean ones, you know. Mm. I know, I know. Caroline's with me on that, anyway. Short hair. So, anyway. Mm.
5: Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: Very much. Yeah. And where's that from? You know, that's from here and it's wrong. Because as soon as you say the man's got to be over the woman for a covering, you are blocking the woman's access to God. And, and you're saying she has to come through someone else to get to God. And that's the reverse of Hebrews, which says, there's not, we all come directly to God. So, and, and that actually, the reason that's so bad is that that denies what Christ did in his death. Exactly, exactly. oh
3: exactly. <laughs>
1: whole And also, uh,
0: Satan's had a field day, hasn't he, really? Yeah. yeah. He's had a field day, and... and
1: also say if you take it in you know, time, Mm
5: then you are know, not believing
0: that yeah. the
5: word of God yeah. or mm. that, you yeah. So
0: you must
3: mm. have your name cover because
0: it's the same word. and then of course you get the dogmatism. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. Well, all you men should be greeting each other with a holy kiss every yeah. time you meet. <coughs> I don't see much of that going on in Christian yeah. circles. If you, you
6: go to the church, you do church in Ukraine.
0: Oh right, they do? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway, you get the point, right? Yeah. We're supposed to take the truth, the principle, the what God is actually yeah. saying and in that culture at that time, and we're to take that truth and cross the bridge of time to our time and say, Okay, what does that mean in my time? Yeah. What does that mean? Yes, what would God, yeah exactly? Yes. What does God mean yes. when He's yes. saying that to reason. me? Oh, it's well, perfectly relevant, yes. but, but but what does you know? How well, do I exactly?
5: And a woman yes. teacher said on Sunday, if you add, then you actually subtract. Exactly. exactly. And I thought it was a That's excellent. Baby. Yeah,
0: it is.
2: It means that the man is responsible and the woman is responsible, but independently. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yes. We're each responsible for our relationship with God, yeah. each of us mm-hmm. and we each represent Jesus in, in equal, equal, equal ways I mean, I'm not getting into roles in the church or anything. We'll probably leave that for a few weeks. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe next week, I don't know. But what I am saying is... Yeah, cross this <laughs> 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 Very welcome. Yeah. Anyway, Father, thank you that, um, thank you that you cause us to have these discussions. Thank you, Lord, that you are leading us on into all truth. Thank you, Father, that there is truth. And there is absolute, because you are absolute truth. And and it's our role and our responsibility to receive from you and understand, Okay, how can I live with a holy, holy, holy God? How can I best uphold the reputation of Christ Jesus, who was full of grace and truth? (coughs) So, Lord, we need help with that. You know we need help. We can't do that on our own. So I do pray, Lord, that you would... You would fill us with your spirit, Lord. You would fill us up with as much as you can, or we can take, Lord, that we might go out and uphold the reputation of Christ and understand that this life is not all about us. It's all about you. And we just praise you that you've set us on this road, Lord God. It's just so amazing that you've put us on this path. And now we're asking you, Lord God, to help us to walk it. In Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Amen. Amen.